straight from WCHL Studios in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, it's the Sibling Rivalry Sports Show with Chris and C.L. Brown. Tonight's show features B reporter for the Athletic.com Indianapolis Colts coverage, Stephen Holder. Also, predictions for the NFL season. Football is back. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Sport built for a king better than a diamond ring. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold up. Who wrote that? Hermit the Frog? That's right. Only a hermit in a cave would think that a sport is better than a diamond ring for a baby girl. At least not better for this baby girl. You heard me? I mean, I'm sure I'm not alone out there either. But hey, let's have some fun. Sibling Rivalry Sports. Ode to NFL 100. NFL's 100th season. 100th season. I have written an ode to NFL 100. And here goes. 100 years of touchdowns. 100 years of cheers. 100 years of great high hopes. 31 which turned to tears. 100 years of tech growth. Like super slow-mo, big calls and edit bay. But I kind of wish they'd go old school and just move on and play. 100 years of rushing, 100 years forward pass, 100 years how long it seems Ravens kicked the Steelers in the Sunday night game of the week. 100 years of gridiron dreams, they say football is life. As long as I finagle the ticket and don't get in trouble with my wife, 100 years. See ya! What it do there? Won't be another 100 years of the NFL, the way things are going. We're going to talk about that a little later. Andrew, Luck, Andrew Luck retiring at 29, head injury, CTE, concussions. Yes, there won't be another 100 years of the NFL. That's my bold prediction right here. CL, maybe you should add I hope to that. I don't hope nothing. You, <laughs> you know, you, I don't you care. Don't. I don't care. That doesn't make no difference to me. But, I I mean, the way things are going, not, nothing stays the same. 100 years ago, they were talking about baseball as the premier be-all sport in America. It's not anymore. So, 100 years. But they would say they are. They would say they're nah, past they time. They would say pastime, as in holding into old stuff, the longest in the, you know, uh, as as an organization, as a league. Yeah, but nah, nobody loves baseball like that no more. Now, why are you sport that spiffy uh, Brooklyn Nets shirt? What's you know on? why I sport Brooklyn Nets? The Nets. The Nets. Brooklyn. Okay, but the Nets. But Brooklyn. Okay. So, like, <laughs> well, you just told me. No, you just told me. You just told I didn't know that. Because all I see is the Nets. I with see a, a nice B. logo. Okay, all right. It's a, if that's what it is. All right. That's Good. what it is, man. Good enough. Good enough. All right. Well, let's see what it is with the big playback. This is the big payback. Big playback. I'm excited about this one. I'm excited about this entire show, CL. We, we've been away for a minute. We are back, folks. And, uh, yeah, it's about time for us to go full throttle for a good while here. And that's what we're going to do uh, here on Sibling Rivalry Sports. But the big playback this week is about hashtag Mac is back. Big win. I mean, huge win. That Who really saw that coming? 
And so the question right now, and that's for Carolina football, the question right now is, is Mac truly back or is the hype premature? What do you think? Well, let me say that it's probably better for Carolina football that we're actually having this discussion because if they lost game one, <laughs> then nobody would, you know, it wouldn't even be a thing right now. No, there would be, you know, I wouldn't say zero excitement, but there wouldn't be, you know, uh, it, it, it wouldn't be bubbling right now. Sure. There wouldn't be a, a great feeling about what Carolina football can do. So Wait, that yeah, being, what if we lost it and it was like twenty to seventeen? What if it was a close loss? It still wouldn't be the same. Not sure. the way people are talking about it now. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. And and the Miami game is a sellout, right? Did you hear that? Uh, I didn't know that. I I, I, mean, I think I saw that. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about the game, single game tickets. It's just totally sold out. Hmm. I had to double check that. I don't want to be giving people the wrong information, but. Anyway, um, we're gonna see. I, I think I think it's probably a little bit too much hype for one game. A South Carolina team that is meh, like you know, <laughs> they didn't come in ranked. Yeah, they they weren't some juggernaut that that Carolina took down. Uh, was it a solid win? Yes. Was it, it? It was. It was a game where they overcame we've seen that situation happen before and they lost the game true to south Many carolina times. specifically in charlotte before yes. and yes. in general last season yes. where they played well and couldn't finish it off yes uh, especially early on with the field goals i was like they're gonna lose this game because they're moving the ball but then mm-hmm. they just keep getting field goals true. so you know um it was a solid win, but we're we're gonna know by the end of September we'll really know what the deal is because of the way the schedule is. You got Miami coming up, yes. game at Wake Forest that yes. won't count in the ACC standings, which is but very interesting. It's gonna be a it, I think that'll be a tough test. Um, Appalachian State coming to Chapel Hill. That game is not gonna be a pushover, and obviously number one Clemson coming to Chapel Hill at the end of the month. So. Between those four games, three of which are at home, so uh, it's it's yeah. somewhat favorable for Carolina. We're we're gonna know for sure, you know, if if this uh, hype train continues to chug along or if it slows down <laughs> it's and derailed. <laughs> See, so wait, wait, let me ask you: if they go into Clemson, which is I think the twenty eighth, this is at home. Clemson is at home, right? So what I mean is, if they go into oh, the Clemson into the game, game yeah. four and zero, oh, okay. If they go into the Clemson game four and zero, would you say that it's still possibly too much hype? Um, probably not. You know, but but then it will depend on where the hype is leading. If people are talking about <laughs> college football, <laughs> win it all. playoffs, and national championship, then I'd say slow down. Right. But yes. you know, if if it's saying, uh, it, I mean, it, it's 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 definitely. I feel like Mac Brown's higher since his hire mm-hmm. with the recruits that they've gotten to commit yes. uh, so far. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this first win, the momentum is building. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if they ran off three more games and are sitting at 4 0 going into a game against Clemson, then that would be huge for this program. But I'd also like to point out, I obviously don't remember what uh, what episode it was of the show. 
I, I said that this could be a bold team this year, even even after Matt Grounds, because of the amount of injuries they had last year that kind of decimated and sabotaged that team last year, sure. and the experience that they had coming back. Mm-hmm. I felt like this team would get to a bowl game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, regardless of who was at the helm. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, all right. So, so let me just speak to the the Mac is back. The hashtag Mac is back. So it's like it's had a um, kind of a crucible effect for me. I think before the game, I was even telling referee Rich as we talked. You know, on Seattle, he was asking me what my take on it. This game was, and I said before the game, I said I believe that Carolina can win, but I'm not saying they are absolutely going to win. I just believe that they could win. And my my thought for Mac is back was stretched out over time. I felt like there was going to be a good amount of success. But after seeing and and I, I, I say see because when I got when I got back, I was actually out of town and I was listening to the game as we drove back on the radio, but as I could as I got back and then watched it, when I was listening to it and seeing it in my mind's ICL, I could see the point where all of that Mac Brown positivity, all of the stressing, you know, these points, talking about the fourth quarter, believe, 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 all of it clicked in. And I was like, there's no way they're losing. And actually, that was that was when they scored the touchdown to, to uh, bring it to within four points. At that point, I thought... There's no way they lose. They're going to lose this game, and and the way that they won. And remember, they had to turn South Carolina away two times after taking the lead <laughs> and giving the ball back on the on the uh, you know the taking a knee on fourth down. After af- they still had to turn them away, and they did it through a hashtag be the one play um, by Wolfolk. Uh, the the two interceptions. I I would just say. Yes, I'm a believer right now that something special is brewing maybe a little faster than we thought. CL, let me ask you real quick. Let me point this out, too. So that was against a former coach. And CL, I know South Carolina is not great, but Muschamp is a good defensive coach, though. That's the one thing that concerned me, especially going against a freshman quarterback. He, he couldn't do anything with the rushing game. They they ran Carolina ran all over them and and then also uh, that freshman quarterback looked very good the entire game as far as his discipline and his decisions and he was being careful with the ball so now coming up Manny Diaz is a former another former Mac Brown guy not only did he. Um, coordinate Mac Brown's defense, so it's another defensive guy from Texas, but also Mac Brown had to let him go. Had to let him go. And 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 so I just think that's another interesting piece of history. And I always think in these things, CL, I think the head coach who's facing his former assistant usually has the advantage. And I also think that a lot of times the offensive guy has the advantage. That's me. I think whoever has the most talent has the advantage, <laughs> regardless of you know whether whether you're the mentor or the mentee in the situation, but uh, you know we'll we'll see we'll see. I think it's going to be electric environment. Um, mm-hmm. Miami didn't look so hot <laughs> against Florida in their opener. Of course, the people a lot of people refer that refer to that as week zero. Like it's not like they had you know another week of practice and to kind of iron things out because Florida looked sloppy too in that game as well mm-hmm. but um, you know we'll see formidable opponent uh, conference opener for both teams mm-hmm. and uh, it'll be a big one 
All right. Well, we'll see how that goes. But right now, folks, you need to see how this is going to go as we get and prepare our way for our guest, Stephen Holder, beat reporter for the uh, for the athletic.com who covers the Indianapolis Colts among other things you know he's done a lot in his history he's right here with us you got to come on back right after our our, our our sponsors tell you a few things right here on 97.9 the Hill sibling rivalry sports Welcome back to the Sibling Rivalry Sports Show on 97.9 The Hill. Joining us tonight, my man, Stephen Holder, the Indianapolis Colts beat writer for The Athletic. I met Stephen back when he was with the Miami Herald. He's been grinding a long time. Uh, also covered uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Been been doing the league for a while now. Stephen, welcome to the show, man. Welcome, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, guys, man. Looking forward to it. No doubt, no doubt. Well, let's jump right in because for <laughs> for a week you were the had, had the hottest topic and you, and you were right at the epicenter of Andrew Luck's retirement. Yes. Um, on a scale of one to ten, how shocking was it for you that night to learn uh, that he was stepping away? Uh, Fourteen. <laughs> I, mean, it was, it was I mean, I'm not saying anything someone else is hasn't already said, but but I would tell you that for me, you know, being close to that situation and watching him throughout training camp trying to overcome his injury and getting regular updates, right, that, you know, there was some progress, uh, we were told, and then he was, you know, trying to deal with the setback that he had. But all the while, he had been doing things behind the scenes, to, you know, to try to get back, whether it was walkthroughs uh, before practice, uh, participating in all the meetings, he was doing all the rehab. Uh, so to go from from all of that in the matter of in a matter of a week or two to retiring, that was just I mean I, you can't even put that into words how stunning that was. Yeah. Now. Do you think, is this a microcosm of something that, you know, may lead to a bigger issue in the NFL in terms of, of a young guy just valuing, you know, his, his uh, just wanting to step away from the physical toll that, that the game is taking on his body? Or, or is this just so specific to Andrew Luck and, and exactly what he's been through that we can't, you know, there are no tea leaves to read in this situation? Right. You know, I've been asked that a few times, and I, I feel strongly that this is more a matter of a, a unique situation about Andrew Luck. And the reason I say that is because there is only one Andrew Luck. And I've talked to a lot of his former teammates. You know, the current ones have kind of all supported him and said you know, all the right things. But a lot of his former teammates as well, in those conversations, which are you know tend to be more frank, a lot of those guys have said, you know what, yeah, this is just Andrew. He's just different. And and I think that's, there's a lot of truth to that. Here, here's the thing about Andrew Luck. I've, I've kind of maintained this from the beginning. I feel like Andrew Luck was a guy who had this gift. He was really good at football. But it didn't mean that he grew up or, you know, sort of uh, as, a, as a little boy or a young man dreamed of being a quarterback. I think it just kind of happened. He was really good at football, and he really liked football. And he's like, well, hell, I'm going to go do this. And I think it just happened, right? I don't know that he was 
that, that typical NFL player who never wanted to do anything else, which is not a detriment to them. It's not a knock on those guys. It's just, you know, you, it takes everything in you to, to make it to that level, right? You have to have complete dedication and thirst for that. And Andrew Luck, maybe he was a little different. He was just really gifted at it, but he had other gifts too. So, you know, he's got, he had options, and I think football just kind of fell into place for him. So, so for him, his motivation for playing was a little different maybe than, than your typical NFL player. So his yeah. decision for leaving was different as well. I, I wish something would have, a higher talent would have just fell in like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what happened to me? Well, yeah, well you, you guys, you're our talented writers. But, but wait, wait, hold on, Steven. So would you say, though, that his father, being a former professional quarterback, that that played a role in, in how he wound up here? Because that's what I've always just kind of well, yeah. seeded it to. Yeah, I, I do think that that did play a role. I mean, certainly he was around the game at a young age. His father was involved in, in getting NFL Europe off the ground, for example. And yeah. So, but at the same time, that actually played a role in, in Andrew being a really uh, being a person who has really diverse interests because mm-hmm. he spent a great part of his childhood living in Europe, mm-hmm. right, and in, in London and, and other places, and spending time in in Europe. So that's where his, for example his passion for soccer comes from that, you know, and he's mm-hmm. a big fan of international soccer. He spends part of his off season, you know, watching games in Europe, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, he is certainly someone who's very interested in, in things like technology and things like that because he, you know, went to Stanford. He's in that, you know, sort of Silicon Valley incubator out there, mm-hmm. uh, in engineering degree from Stanford, right? So, I mean, he, he's got all kinds of, uh, potential interests and endeavors that he can pursue. And I, I don't think those things stopped because he became an NFL player. But yeah, mm-hmm. definitely his father being in the game, definitely the role. I think he does love football. I don't mm-hmm. think he's one of those guys who, you know, got pushed into this. No, he loves football and he did this because he wanted to do it. But uh, that's also the reason he's walking away. You know, I think because he, he has other passions and when football became too taxing, maybe it wasn't as fun for him anymore. All right. All right. Now, I want to go off. I want to pull off the main highway for a second and just ask you a couple of questions about Stephen Holder. First of all, have you ever heard? Now, this question is near and dear to CL in my heart. Uh, have you ever heard of a township called Tamiami, Tamiami, Florida? Um, I'm familiar with Tamiami. Yes, I am. So it is. It's an actual township. Well, it's it's, a, it's an area. There's like, uh, there's, it's, it's I think it's an old Native American uh, name. So it's applied to several things. Like there's a there's a main thoroughfare in Miami, for example, the Tamiami Trail. Yes, right? so yes. It's uh, in Tamiami, the Tamiami Park, which I think is where the fairgrounds are, for example. So um, that was that's kind of my association with it. I mean, is there a city called Tamiami? Not necessarily that I'm aware of. But mm-hmm. it's it's a common term in South Florida. People kind of know that term. Yeah. Ha! I don't know where. Thank you, thank you. Steve. You just settled an argument without knowing it, Stephen. <laughs> Listen, man, we we have a childhood memory. Like when we were playing Pop Warner football, our team, our teams, you know, it's two different divisions or whatever. Yeah. We went to Tamiami and played the Tamiami Colts, and we it was crazy oh, cool because okay. we went down there and and spent Thanksgiving with these families. 
you know, and they were primarily Latino families, you know, and uh, that was super duper interesting. I don't really know that I see teams doing that, but the thing that got lost, the lost artifact in that was where's Tamiami? We've always, and I was arguing that I thought it was a, like a township or something. So that, that yeah, settles it. So it would be basically part of, it's part of Miami, but not, it's not its own, it's not its own section per se. It's, it's more okay. of a, So, and, and folks, the reason we're asking Stephen is because he's from, you know, he's originally from Miami. In fact, he went to the University of Miami. And, and, and Stephen, you know, from our time down there, I became, uh, that was way back, you know, but I became a, a fan of the U. I considered them. I chose Carolina, you know, but I've always liked the U and, and back the U. So now we got this weekend coming and we got to get, you know, your take on it. The U is coming up to Chapel Hill, you know, after very, um, important weekends for the both schools of both teams. Any any take on that game? It'll be interesting. I, I will say this that I think one good thing to come out of the Florida game for Miami is I feel like they have a path forward at quarterback. And mm-hmm. it's been a long time since I felt that way. I, I think there's just been this this sort of dread about the quarterback situation for like you know, three or four years now, hmm. you know, the last three or four or five years even, where it's like, man, if we only had a quarterback, you know? And so <laughs> I just think that there's been talent elsewhere on the roster, but the quarterback position has been so sort of shaky and unreliable that, that nothing else really matters. So now you have a building point. You have a, you have a foundation you can build from when you feel like you have some stability at quarterback. So I think there's, there's a lot of workable parts on that team. I think they're headed in the right direction. I mean, they had a chance to win that Florida game. It was there. They just they didn't make the plays they needed to make. So, you know, and I think Florida is going to be a good team. So I don't know that there's any shame in that loss. But uh, I, I feel better about the direction of the program. Now, as for North Carolina, you know, look, I, I will say this. We got Eric Ebron in the locker room up here in Indianapolis. Yes. And uh, my man came in that from head to toe in Carolina, <laughs> down, down to the, down to the uh, to the Carolina blue uh, Jordans, mm-hmm. right with yeah. the, with the UNC logo on them, and you know I was kind of like, oh, uh, did, did they play football there? And, and <laughs> oh, not happy. He was not happy. Oh, of course um, not. <laughs> yeah, but anyhow, he did say this. He did say he said, you know what? He's like Mac Mac Brown is the right guy. He says, I believe him. I believe in him. Nice. Great guy. So nice. he was adamant about that, and he's he's rocking with uh, with Mac Brown for sure. So we'll see, man. I think there's a lot of optimism on both sides. All right, all right, okay. Now, so steering back onto the highway here, I just have one more question. It's kind of an odd question, but I, I'm wondering here. Do you know um, with Andrew Luck, like he he is a well known kind of man of faith or whatever. Do you know what role that played in his decision? Did he mention that kind of prioritizing or anything? He didn't. I, what I think, what I what I would say about his, excuse me, about his personality that that probably comes into play is that he is a, a person of great perspective. That I will tell you. Like, you know, he. It's funny. He here he is, this this NFL quarterback. You know, sort of uh, certainly a celebrity, and yet 
that never really appealed to him, right? That those are never things that he loved about football. In fact, he hated that part of the game. That that become a celebrity. He is very, very private person. Mm-hmm. Well, not private because he's famous. Just private because he just doesn't think he's that important. It's not explaining him like no, but big deal. And it's just not his thing, right? And so I do think that for a lot of not even just NFL players, a lot of athletes or celebrities in general. The idea of that, or it just sort of has its allures, right? And it's it's uh, it's something that that can be really captivating, right? But for Andrew Luck, that was that was not something that, that appealed to him. And I think that walking away from the game, it, it certainly changes, you know, how you're viewed and, and who you are, and in terms of the eyes of other people. He's looking care about that, and so I do think that that actually is something to note here because I think for a lot of people. You know, that becomes your identity, right? For a lot of celebrities or athletes in particular, you know, that becomes who you are, and, and that's how other people see you. Andrew Luck, famous quarterback, and he doesn't see himself that way. So I think that makes it a little easier maybe to walk away from that because he never viewed himself as being, you know, he never viewed that as his identity. If the that makes sense. So I, yes. I think that's it's yeah. Well, um, his backup now becomes the starter. And, and there's some local interest. Jacoby Brissett, who, Brissett, who played at NC State, um, has the reins now. <laughs> just, just what he renegotiated or he negotiated a contract extension out of that as well. Um, yeah. how, how prepared is Jacoby to, to take this, you know, step forward and, and to become the man there in Indianapolis? So this is obviously not an ideal situation where certainly an elite quarterback retires before the season, right? I mean, that's a that's a pretty, uh, you know, that's a less than ideal situation. However, if it's going to happen, I think they're in the best position to handle something like this. And the reason for that is the last two off seasons, Andrew Luck has been dealing with, with his health and hasn't practiced at all the last two off seasons. And Kobe Brissett has taken all of those snaps. And that includes training camp this year, because Andrew Luck did attempt to start camp. He practiced for three days and then had a setback, and that's where this whole sort of avalanche began. So since the third day of training camp, Kobe Brissett has been leading the offense, and he led it all offseason, too, in OTAs and otherwise. So, frankly, the head coach actually came up, he had his, his subordinates, I guess, go through sort of the, the practice scripts from the last few months and he actually presented this to us in the press conference the other day. And he said they added it all up. And as it turns out, Jacoby Brissett has taken 1,200 reps this offseason. Oh, wow. I mean, you think about that. He said that's more than, that's more than you've taken an entire season. An entire season. All right. So every first team rep they have taken this entire offseason, uh, every rep that T.Y. Hilton has taken and Devin Funches and Arlen Mack and all those all those guys around him have all taken those reps with Jacoby Brissett. So so he's equipped, I think, to have some early success here. Look, he's not in luck and he, he isn't on track to be that, from what I can tell. But I do think there's two things that you can take from what Jacoby Brissett did a couple of years ago. Look, he had a really bad situation around him when he was a starter for, for luck in 2017. But one thing he didn't do was turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. And I think even with a subpar roster at that time, he gave them a chance at least to be competitive. They just couldn't finish the job. Mm-hmm. But they didn't lose because of Jacoby Brissett. They lost because of a, a 
confluence of issues. Mm-hmm. And I just think now that the supporting cast is so much better, if he plays that same type of ball, they're going to be more successful just because the team around him is just better equipped to have success. So I'm actually mildly optimistic about their chances. I don't think they're out of this. I think they can still win the division. But there is a lot of pressure on Jacoby for that because this sure. team is expected to win. So it's a little different than a couple of years ago. But, but I still think that he's going to have success. I, I think he's got a really good uh, play caller as well, and Frank Reich, who's going to help him along True. the way. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. I think he's got a chance. True. Yeah, great quarterbacks coach, quarterback head coach, Frank Reich, former Buffalo Bill quarterback. Uh, so a lot of people in this area are glad to hear you say that, Stephen. And uh, we are glad that you're a part of this show. Thank you for coming on, folks. Stephen Holder, he is the beat writer from TheAthletic.com for the Indian, uh, covering the Indianapolis Colts. You can find him on Twitter at Holder Stephen, Stephen with a PH. And you can also find him on Instagram, Stephen underscore Holder, Stephen. Thanks a lot, man. You got to come back Appreciate and check you, in with Stephen. us. Thanks for joining us, man. Uh, guys, no problem. Be more Jacoby for that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The story continues. All right. Well, uh, we're going to continue to come on back right after you hear from our sponsors on Sibling Rivalry Sports, ninety-seven nine The Hill. Welcome back to Sibling Rivalry Sports on 97.9 The Hill, where we always chill. But I think hype is more the order this week. We are hyping a lot of the beginnings of football. I do want to jump back to something, though, CL. What were you meaning? I didn't expect for the NFL 100, when I see that logo, when I think of that, for you to say it means NFL not another 100. So what, what do you – can you expound on that? <laughs> Well, I I remember I, I was reading a story, I think it was in a Washington Post that was talking about the decline in um in participation in football and it's it's been in decline for the fifth straight year, according to the National Federation of State High School Associations. Um which also pointed to, by the way, just to be uh totally transparent, uh, overall participation in high school sports. Um, having a bit of a decline, uh, and I mean it's not it's not like it's declined fifty percent or you know a, a drastic number, but I think I think it's it's a it's a slippery slope. I think that we're seeing head injuries and and the physical toll that football takes. I think that people are wondering if it's even worth playing. I think that's what people are weighing. And so they're going in other directions. They're going in lacrosse. I think the next hundred years we'll see basketball take another step forward in terms of the uh, popularity of the sport. Um, I think soccer in America will also take another step forward in terms of the uh, popularity. So, uh, you know, there are other options. At Once upon a time, horse racing, boxing, and baseball were the kings, you know. Now they're they're horse racing and boxing are very much niche sports mm-hmm. and baseball has taken a step back. Mm-hmm. So True. that's what it is. Yeah, Nobody stays on top forever. Horse racing and boxing were not made for prime time. I mean, like, like, yeah, I boxing? Think boxing. Yeah, I think you could argue that boxing was when they were greats. <laughs> boxing, but I think, but but even then though, we're not talking about 
the consistency that I'm meaning when I'd say made for prime time. So that I would just Well the the boxing greats started playing football. That's what happened to boxing as a sport. But also what happened to boxing as a sport was people was like, what am I gonna get my head caved in for? Like the physical toll uh, that the that the body takes in participating in boxing wasn't worth it. And so you go to something else. But now we're starting to see the physical toll of football and people are starting to say it's not worth it. See, I would buy it if there were if if the popularity of the sport, if that followed that trend, if the popular. But right now, I mean, even looking at preseason games, that's what horse racing, preseason. boxing and baseball said 100 years ago. Talking really? about Did the, they have the popularity, no, the they, popularity of the about, sport. I'm talking about Nielsen ratings and like, uh, you know, digital measurement. That doesn't matter. It means that people. It doesn't mean anything. CL, it doesn't mean anything. Chris, the, the argument is a hundred years ago, people, those were the popular sports. That's what everybody watched. And, and they had the same reason to believe why will it, it, this will never change because this is a great sport that we love watching. And guess what? It has changed. A hundred years ago. hundred years. Football, this will change. See, a hundred years ago, they weren't. I'm going to be super bold right now. They weren't counting the Negroids. See, a hundred years ago, they, they, what does they, that was, have to do with they were not counting a major part of the population who have affected culture big time in this country and 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 and, and become integrated in the sports and made those sports magic. Well, blacks were integrated in uh, actually black jockeys back then uh, were the main ones racing in the Kentucky Derby and and in the big races back then. Uh, obviously, Jack Johnson, black boxers were integrated back then. Baseball was the last one. Jack Johnson was like 19. Wasn't he like 19, 20 something? Don't know. Don't know. He was before that. I think he was before that. But anyway, my point stands. Like these were things that were popular back then. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. The segregation of baseball doesn't matter. It was the most popular sport. Black blacks had their own Negro League baseball. It was still popular. They had their years own. Ago? There were different. First of all, I'm belaboring that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, 100 years ago, yes. Blacks were playing baseball 100 years ago. Okay. So all of this was still popular. Even though it was segregation, it was still popular among everybody. It wasn't just the white population. So all that being said, what's popular now doesn't mean it's going to stay popular 100 years from now. All right, fair enough, CL. We got, we got to move on to predictions and things like that. What... Uh, predictions do you have for college football you take it okay all right so i got a couple things see first of all with the college football playoffs i think alabama is i think alabama is beatable i think clemson has shown i mean that was not a close that was that was a, a blowout in the championship game and i think clemson has shown that alabama has to put them on one leg at a time and i think somebody's going to knock them off i think michigan will take the place in the college football or Per se, I mean, who knows what the actual you know rankings will be? I think that's one prediction. Michigan will be in the uh, final uh, college football playoff four, and then also I believe that UNC will be top twenty-five at the end of the season. I think that's probably generous, but um, we'll see. We'll see. I wouldn't go out on that limb, and also. Everybody ain't got Clemson's athletes, bro. <laughs> Alabama's going to fix. What about the NFL? Hey, is this an unfair statement, CL? 
I just want to say, Kelly, Kelly Bryant, you should have, you should have, you should have come on down. Yes, that's an unfair statement. You know that. <laughs> Because would he would they went and lost to Wyoming? So, but would he would he even be starting? Because because my interpretation of uh, Howell getting the start was this is their guy. They brought him in. uh, They want to start from scratch. And and, you know, I mean, obviously had to earn it to an extent. But I think they're just like, okay, let's we're starting from ground zero and going up. So who Uh, knows? Who knows if he would even want it out? Okay, fair enough. All right, so what about NFL? NFL, I have a couple of predictions. Number one is that uh, a team flopping, you know, going from a losing record to to being a playoff, I'm going to have to – I begrudgingly say I believe Jacksonville – the Jaguars, I believe uh, they're going to be playing their kind of defense again. And Nick Foles is uh, – the guy is uh, – he's just magic. <laughs> That's the only word I can think of. You know, the, the guy is going to – he's going to help turn some things around there. So that's one in a thing on the NFL front. And the other thing is I, I want to go ahead and predict the downfall of the Los Angeles Chargers. 12-4 and four last season. Very, very close to having the number one overall seed in the SC. But I just think they've had too many changes um, – and then finally, uh, CL, and then whatever you want to say, uh, finally, I want to say that out of the AFC North, it'll be our teams. It'll be the Ravens and people are, this is the worst I've ever seen people sleep on Pittsburgh. Like this would have to go back to the mid eighties. I haven't seen people sleep on Pittsburgh this bad in a long time. Uh, and, and everybody's loving Cleveland, but Cleveland is not going to make the playoffs. I agree with that. And uh, I do think that because Kind of the shiny toys and the squeaky wheels in in Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and super uber talented players. Let's let's not sure, <laughs> skip sure. over that. I mean, yes. since they're not there anymore, people might think Pittsburgh doesn't have it. But um, we'll see at the end of the season. We gonna see. <laughs> you don't hear me saying that. All right. Well, uh, let's we gonna see what's going on with the brownout right after this break. Check our sponsors out and come on back to Sibling Rivalry Sports on 97.9 The Hill. Welcome back to Sibling Rivalry Sports on 97.9 The Hill. It's time for the brownout. The brownout. Serena Williams has fallen short in her last three attempts to tie Margaret Court with 24 Grand Slam wins. Does she finally get it done in the U.S. Open this weekend? Serena gets it done, man. Like, enough playing around. She's had some missteps in the finals uh, previously when going for number 24. This is the time it happens. The road is clear. Totally agree with you. Serena, folks, tune in because, you know, Serena is that type of athlete like a Jordan that it's very special when we have them with us and we're able to watch. She gets it done. Next. Speaking of the Open was the post-game interview that Naomi Osaka shared with Coco Goff. Extraordinary or ordinary? Definitely that wasn't an ordinary, everyday kind of uh Interaction. I, I I love to see it. I'm not gonna say I teared up. I'm not crying. You were crying. <laughs> but it, that that was that was a great moment, and and I hope to see more like that. Yeah, that was a great. That's that's like a textbook great moment of just great sportsmanship. It was extraordinary. I would love to hear from. Please tweet us at sibling rivalry sports something. I'd love to hear from somebody who said that that is an ordinary moment. That was extraordinary. 
A federal judge denied the NCAA's request to obtain redacted and unreleased materials related to the FBI's investigation into college basketball corruption. Surprised with the outcome? I think I had the same stance on the whole FBI trial investigation uh, or investigation before the trial. The whole time, I thought that nothing was going to come up of it. I thought it was it was just kind of uh, a lot of smoke, not a lot of fire for assistant coaches. Were, were the only investigated for two years and that's those were the only arrests that were made so um, you know I mean it, it it's kind of odd though that the FBI wouldn't share this what harm comes in them sharing this information with the NCAA but you know it, it was just a bunch of smoke to begin with and CLS you inform me I'm just I, I just am sad that Patino uh uh, Coach Rick Pitino, uh, he, he got the worst of this whole thing. So that that's my take on it. Not really surprised, but I, I, I wish Pitino, I wish it had gone better for him. With the holdouts of Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon making big news during training camp, are NFL running backs overestimating their value in today's game? Man, I think running backs need to take a step back. This is in 1975. The running game, it's its a lot different now, and you got to understand your value. Uh, of course, Zeke Elliott is a little bit different situation because of, of his him being instrumental to Dallas specifically. True. But I think Melvin Gordon is overestimating his value. We'll see if he gets traded. We'll see what gets done with that. But... I think he's going to come up short, just like Le'Veon Bell came up short. Yeah, well, you know, the, the overall value for the position, I would have agreed a couple of years ago that the position is downtrending, but I think I think we've seen an uptrend. I feel like running backs are coming back to prominence, especially, you know, uh, two-back shows. And, and that's not the new that multiple backs – it just seems like we have multiple backs that are getting back to being very hard to stop, very, uh, you know, game planning around, having to defensive game plan around. So I think I feel like the position's making a resurgence. Do I disagree with you about Gordon? I, a little, a little, maybe not. And do I think that Elliott's worth 90 million, the, the 90 million plus that he signed for? Um, in Dallas, perhaps. So I don't know. <laughs> Is that even a. A clear answer, so yeah. <laughs> Probably not. But <laughs> what's clear is that we'll be back next week with another great episode. Promise them a Super Bowl prediction, CL. Oh, yeah. What's your Super Bowl? Well, I mean, the Super Bowl, <laughs> I got a bunch of teams that are not going to make it, CL. Um, but uh, I'm going to... Gosh, I hate this. Uh, CL, I'm going to have to say that I predict that the Super Bowl will see the Pittsburgh Steelers the Pittsburgh Steelers facing off against the Los Angeles Rams again man don't try these mind tricks with me don't, don't, try, <laughs> I'm not. don't try and jinx the situation by throwing it out there I wish well, I wish it's one time I hope you're right alright do you want to do the honors <laughs> You were you were in. I'm still show. looking at you like nah. I'm still looking at you like why are you picked in picking Pittsburgh. Man? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because Pittsburgh really hasn't lost that much 
They they have it. They they the talent that they lost. It's like you said. It's counterbalanced by the amount of just strife that they cause a team. And they have talented players to plug in. Roethlisberger is super dangerous. I saw some poll that put him like below a, a bunch of other quarterbacks who've never won a thing, including Baker Mayfield. What? What? No. No. Rod Roethlisberger's won a bowl, folks. He's been a couple. So like, he's he's yeah he's, he's been two. a couple. He's, he's, he's one, one two, two. Been he's been a three. three. Thank you. So uh, you know maybe it's just interdivisional, but he he he's good. The Steelers are good. They got some linebackers now. Um, I just think people sleeping on him too hard. All right, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take it. I hate it. And folks, that'll do it for us. Another lively discussions. Uh, we thank our guest Stephen Holder for joining yes, us. Yes. And uh, we will see you next week, hopefully. Yes. My name is Chris Brown. I'm CL Brown. And this is Sibling, Sibling Robbery, Robbery Sports, Sports on 97.9 The Hill.